0: Hey, uh, just before we get into this week's episode, I want to tell you about our other podcast we've got. It's called Christians in Sport Talks. It's a podcast with just that, talks and sermons from our conferences, our camps, from anything else to encourage and challenge you as you think about being a Christian in the world of sports. Uh, You can find it just like this podcast on any podcast app. Just search for Christians in Sport Talks. Right now, though, enjoy this episode. It's a good one.
1: I was taking the balls back at the end of the session into the um, store and one of the guys was just kind of loitering around near me and you could see he waited for everyone else to sort of go away and then he kind of peered his head into the store saying um thing on on Monday um is is it okay if I come next week um and I said of course you can of course you can
0: Great. Welcome back to the Christians and Sport podcast, where we're going to continue to look at questions, issues, and stories to with sport and faith in Jesus. So, a massive welcome if you're listening for your first time, or if you've been listening for years. It's great to have you with us. My name's Johnny Reed, and today we're going to hear a great story, uh, a story of a rugby club in Oxfordshire, a story replicated in a number of clubs up and down the country. Um, now, we don't want to make this club or the guys who are with me today heroes, but instead learn some lessons about what it looks like to read. The Bible in a club, well, it looks like to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus uh, with teammates, um, and why, if you're listening in, and you, we know many of you are who wouldn't say you follow Jesus yet, you're so welcome, and we hope you see why reading the Bible itself is so worthwhile, um, as you look to understand who God is. So, um, Mike and Dave, uh, welcome. Thanks for being on with us, both rugby, club, uh, rugby players here with me, um, now at different clubs to the one you were at when this happened. But firstly, uh, Mike, why don't you just tell us a little bit, what's your rugby background?
2: Yeah, so um, I I started playing rugby um, at my school and club when I was younger. I've been playing all the way through. Initially, started playing in the front row uh, when I was uh, a little bit bigger as a as a youth <laughs> player than I than I am now. And and gradually, as uh, I've uh, lost lost a bit of my bulk that I've had, I've moved back and ended up at scrum half. So uh, it's not enough speed to go any further out, but that's where I've sort of landed playing.
0: And Dave, you're up in Scotland now, but. Were down this way. What's been your rugby background?
1: Yeah, originally from Wales. So you don't really have a choice of what sport you play. Uh, You're born with a scrum on and told to play rugby. And uh, I went for it and loved it. And uh, grew up in Wales playing rugby, went to university, played rugby there, um, and then moved over to England for a bit. And I've also been in Scotland and just played at different clubs throughout that time. Uh, Play as a centre, um, but I've actually just moved to become a coach at my local rugby club.
0: Okay, great. Give us a bit of background then about this club, which we're going to hear this story of, um, of what God did in this club, of um, opportunities to read the Bible and explore the gospel uh, with them. But, but let, help us understand, paint the picture. Um, Mike, why don't you, you've been in the club a bit longer previously. What, what's the club like?
2: Yeah, well, to, to be honest, it's probably one of my favourite places I ever played rugby. Great club, great bunch of boys. Uh, much like any other rugby club in lots of ways, um, but a, a really friendly group of lads as well. And a, a kind of a, a, a quite a local club. A lot of boys live pretty clear, the, uh, pretty near the club. Uh, the guys have been playing for years and years. Uh, a number of them up through the juniors. So a, a club with a real kind of community feel. Really nice place to play rugby, actually.
0: And you started there in twenty twelve, right? yeah 2012. And Dave, when did you when did you join?
1: I'd played there for one season actually, um back in two thousand and eleven, but then moved to Scotland, but then returned in two thousand and fourteen uh, and played for three years then. so came in after two year, two years of Mike being at the club.
0: and, and P- Pen the pitch then what was it like for for both of you as Christians in that club initially when you when you joined, Rugby culture, rugby club. Um, how did you find it being a Christian in that club?
2: I, I think um, I think with any rugby club, it's there's always going to be a, a difference between uh, the culture of a club and the way, as followers of Jesus, we 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 want to live in response to all um, God's goodness to us. And so, there's always those areas of life where you want to live differently. A lot of that in rugby can be around the drinking culture, yeah. um, some of the banter that goes on. Uh, actually, probably this club was, um, they had had Christians who'd played in the club before. So um, they understood a bit of what that looked like, how, the ways in which we wanted to live as we tried to follow Jesus in light of all he's done for us. So that was, um, that, it was actually quite a nice club to join in that sense as a Christian. And provided opportunities straight away because boys were up for for hearing a little bit about um, about my faith when I joined. Um, there was another Christian there at the time who played just for a season as well um, before Dave came, came back a couple of years later. So there, there's those kind of those dual... Sort of, there's a, always a benefit, I think, as a Christian playing in a rugby club, that the rugby culture is so distinct from sure. a Christian way of life. Sometimes we can see that as a, um, a, hard, a hard thing. Uh, how do I start, um, try and stand tall and be different here? How do I actually say that I'm a Christian and want to live differently? Um, but I think the flip side of that is that it's a, a massive benefit because it, it opens up opportunities to speak about Jesus because people want to say, well, why do you want to live in this different way? Um, than the rest of us here. So I think a massive benefit of being a Christian in a rugby club if you're prepared to tell people that's the case.
1: And it, it was a really great environment. As Mike said, it's a super club. And we felt really welcomed, actually, and included. And there was um in in some sense our christian faith was no kind of barrier or hindrance to being involved in the club and i think that's a testament to what the club is like as a whole mm-hmm. um but we also wanted to be known as more than just rugby players mm-hmm. uh, um and so that's that i guess that's a choice you make isn't it as a christian sports person is uh, how you want to be known and and how you want to kind of live and play your sport uh, within your sports club um and so from an early kind of uh point both Mike before me and then the two of us together wanted to to really show that our our faith and our sport go together. We take Jesus with us into training. He is with us through all the ups and downs of a season. Um and and we hoped that was a really good bedrock to be able to then have conversations as well.
0: So tell us the story. It's a 2015-16 season, I think, mm. when when something different happens. So <laughs> Uh, paint the picture of what happened then
2: well I I think it was my so my fourth season at the club um and as we said Dave's Dave's second and we'd we'd had a a number of different conversations with players who wanted to find out more about Christian faith and there'd been uh, there'd been some, some of those opportunities in that sense to share a bit more about what we believed and we'd also each year run um a sports quiz at the rugby club um mm-hmm. each season where um there'd be guys from the club would come enjoy the sports quiz we'd have food together um one of the one of the guys at the club would actually do the food for us, which was great and um we used to then there'd be a talk halfway through the quiz to just get people thinking about the Christian faith. And so we'd done that in connection with a load of other um, sports clubs around the town. So it wasn't just the rugby club by any means. But there was that kind of ongoing conversation. And I think we arrived at that that sort of 2015, 2016 season saying, this is all very well. There's some great stuff here. We were thankful to God for the ways in which people have been asking questions and have been struck by those sports quizzes. Um, But we felt that if this really was the best news in the world, then we wanted to do more to share it, a kind of slight discontentment with where we're at. Would that be fair, Dave? Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, we we were so thankful that the boys were coming to things like the quiz and little conversations were going on, but exactly as you said there, Mike, we wanted to give people an opportunity to really dig deep and think about it for themselves, and um, and so that's where we were wrestling, really, because ultimately we wanted to see them come to know Jesus for themselves uh, and begin their own relationship with God in light of what He's done for them. Um, so, yeah, a, a discontent is probably a good word to use, uh, but a, a healthy discontent is probably the yeah. best way to put it.
0: So, help us, uh, help us, maybe people listening in who uh, they've been playing in their club for a number of years, or they maybe just Christians just joined their club and they've they've maybe got the same discontent. They they, they think we've got we've got some great news. You want to share? Help us, maybe practically understand what what did that actually look like? Then um, people have been to a quiz. You'd had some conversations, obviously, um, and then you started reading the Bible with them. But how did you get to that point?
2: Yeah, I, I think part of it was that um, we, we basically both being in the club together was a real help because we basically said, "Look, we we know we've got the best news in the world," and. We're actually thinking, in some ways, Dave, I think we just said we've been a bit soft, aren't we? we? We want to we want to be a bit braver in giving people an opportunity to hear more about it. So we actually, it was around the time of the 2015 Rugby World Cup. And mm. so we, we put on a, a, a World Cup quiz specifically for the rugby club just before the final. And at the quiz, I remember, Dave, I think it was you saying that we wanted to give people an opportunity to go further. And so we'd start to put on, um, every Monday night for five weeks, a chance to come for some food and we'd print off, um, a passage from one of the accounts of Jesus's life and we'd just read it and chat about it together. And that was the kind of pitch to the boys. We said, look, if you want to find out more, great. Um, this is what we're going to do. Um, and so we, we basically, we set that up and, um, we sent out a message to the, the team WhatsApp group and, um, said very simply that we we said we're going to spend five weeks looking at um looking at what what jesus did in people's encounters with him in in luke's gospel um and we're just going to have food read it and chat about it and uh, if they Mm -hmm. wanted to come we said i think we said dave send send us a private message outside of the group because we know that sometimes um Mm -hmm. people want to move conversation on quickly in the club whatsapp group so that was what we did Tell us um, how did <laughs> <ago then. laughs> well, oh, it go then? Well go on, Dave, you go. Yeah,
1: do you want, to, do you want <laughs> an honest answer there right at the beginning is we didn't really know how it was gonna go. We as Mike said, we made the announcement, we put it out on the WhatsApp, and then we probably followed up a couple of key people, didn't we, mm. individually, um, where the relationship was quite strong. Uh, but then we got to the first night, and we both sat in my living room. We <laughs> said a prayer, and we just sort of waited to hear the first knock on the door. Um, and it was great. <laughs> one of the players came along with actually one of the coaches. And um, we, it was so basic. We printed the passage on a piece of A4 landscape. We, we thought that would probably be a, a, just a easy, gentle way in. We did have Luke's Gospels on the table if they wanted to take them away, but we thought just having something on a piece of A4 where they could read it top left or bottom right, and if they wanted a pen to scribble on, they could. Um, and they came, and, and we had a feed together, and we went straight in. I think we we gave a bit of a, um intro into what Luke's Gospel is about and, and Luke's desire in writing it. And then um, I think we went into uh, the a
2: paralyzed man as our first session, um, was that right, Mike? Yeah, it was, and I, I think honestly, and we're not, you know, we're not exaggerating it. I thought it might just be me and Dave having dinner together for for five <laughs> weeks, which I thought would have been lovely. But um, it was so exciting to have those two guys with us on that first night, and I, I think one of my, one of the moments I really remember is one of them just. I just coming to the passage with such fresh eyes and saying, you know, I don't want to be rude here. Um, but um this Jesus just seems to be really arrogant. You know, he's just saying, and we're going, all right, that's you know, that's fine, cool, anything goes. So why did you say that? He goes, Well, he says he can forgive sins. And we it was just so great to have someone with people with fresh eyes come to a, a Bible passage and to see, you know, the real shock in the passage that Jesus says that he can forgive people's sins. And it led to great conversations. And I think that was the most exciting thing for me was to just literally have the, a bit from the Bible in front of us, read it and together and people and to just pick up on, you know, the things that are in there that we have to learn. It was great. Yeah.
1: And I guess it's worth saying then at this point that linked to all of this, Mike and I felt a growing conviction that. God's word, the Bible, is is powerful in and of itself. And when we put it into the hands of people, and we've prayed, obviously, in faith that God would use the night, it, his word is powerful to help people start to connect with God himself. And so we, we really wanted to um, trust that and believe in that and step out in faith by by simply just allowing guys to read it, and chew on it and ask questions, not just as an intellectual exercise. And we hope it was intriguing and helpful, but much deeper than that. We really do believe that God speaks through his word, and he has given it as one of the greatest
0: means for people
1: to discover who Jesus is.
0: So that first session, you got a couple of guys there, a coach and a player. Um, How did it then go? Five weeks, obviously, uh, as in we probably wouldn't be recording this if the next four weeks you and Mike were just having dinner together. (laughs) Um, how, did it, well, how did it go?
2: Well, the, the, the next night we went to training, didn't we, on Tuesday night. And I just remember people coming up to us. They, you know, everyone knew what was happening because we would put it on the club's WhatsApp group. And just a couple of players coming up to us and going, well, oh, how was it last night? What did you do? Who was there? Hmm. And uh, as we just told them a bit about it and told them who, that, that people had actually come and we'd had great conversations and we'd enjoyed a curry together, they started to say, oh, yeah, well, we'll come next week. Hmm. And um, I think, of course, we put another message out on the WhatsApp group to say anyone else is also welcome. And I think by the time we got to the next Monday night, there were about eight or nine players wow. Wow. Um, who wanted to come. And I remember, mm-hmm. actually, Dave saying to me that he'd, on the day, on that Monday, received a you know a couple of texts from people who you just never have expected to to want to come, who we knew... We just didn't know that beneath the surface they were thinking about, you know, the, the big questions of life, and here was a, an opportunity to wrestle with them that had been presented to them. And I think that was one of the biggest things that surprised me. You know, we had the the guy with the worst disciplinary record in the club, <laughs> and mm. uh, you know, one of the younger players who we, we'd really never spoken to that much at all, who just both got in touch with us on that Monday and said, "Yeah, I'll come tonight." Um, mm. So that was a great joy, and and that really continued for the next next four weeks i remember two incidences that made me chuckle one
1: was i was taking the balls back at the end of the session into the um store and one of the guys was just kind of loitering around near me and you could see he waited for everyone else to sort of go away and then he kind of peered his head into the store saying um that thing on on monday um is is it okay if i come next week um, and I said, of course you can, of course you can. And then the other one was even funnier because I was in the shower. <laughs> and uh, one of the boys next to me were having a little natter in the shower and then he equally kind of waits for a couple of them to leave and say, um, any chance I can come next week. So it was, it was funny, obviously. Understandably, some boys, I think, wanted to come but were maybe nervous about sort of saying that publicly and unsure if others would go in and, and things like that. But it was really exciting to see God working ultimately in Mm. in kind of planting seeds of intrigue and interest and um, and people wanted to come so yeah it grew and so yeah as Mike said by the end of the five weeks in Luke's Gospel um, yeah we probably had between eight to nine guys come in not every single week all of them all together one or two wouldn't come but that was cool we were happy every Monday night to be kind of giving food and and having a chat around uh, Luke's Gospel.
0: And how How did it then continue? Because five weeks, great, you've got those in line. What happened next with those guys?
1: I remember actually a really funny uh, conversation at the end of those five weeks because we turned to them and said, you know, so after having looked at this, we we got through to the cross and the resurrection and we wanted in five weeks to try and give a, a fairly full overview of the gospel. And we said, right, so what do you make of this? Um, how do you sort of assess the last five weeks? And um, they all were just like, it's been really good. Any chance we can just carry on going? Um, Which quite surprised us, really. I think we thought we would just do five and clock off at Christmas, really. Hmm. And we were sort of building towards Christmas. And then one of them turned and said, how do you assess it? (laughs) And we we weren't really ready for that, Mike. You were, we? we were just sort no, of thinking. And that. and that was the moment where, again, I felt a little bit of a, a kind of, I have, to, I have to be faithful here. And I said, well, we've loved it. It's been great, but we do want you to trust Jesus. And so if we've done these five weeks and we're at this point now, what we would love to do is for you to make a decision whether you want to turn to Jesus and say, sorry for your, your sins, repent of that and follow him with your life. But if you want to carry on going and keep looking at this, then we'd love to also do that. And so one of them actually had a bit of a um, good knowledge of, of the Bible, said, can we do John's gospel? <laughs> um, and the others weren't really sure what John's gospel was, but they were keen for it. And we said, yeah, of course we can. So um, we then did six weeks in John's gospel after Christmas. Um which we were not prepared for, but we were really excited for, and off we went again.
2: Well I think one of the, one of the, the most amazing things about it was, was basically the, seeing that people were interested beneath the surface who we never expected. So we, we had a few guys who we thought might want to come, and some of them did, but others who we, we had no idea that they were thinking about these things at all, or had any kind of interest. But beneath the surface, it, God must have been at work. And it was just the, that bit of egging each other on to actually ask everybody if they wanted to come and see that actually, in God's goodness, there were quite a few boys who were up for it. Um, the, that was one of the exciting things. And I remember distinctly at the end of every Bible study, everyone would leave, the, leave Dave's flat and we'd look at each other and go, what has just happened? <laughs> In the, we mm-hmm. felt in some way so out of control um, yeah. that we weren't looking at it going, "This has kind of gone to plan," ever because there, there really wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just we were seeing what happened when God was at work and people interacted with with His Word, and it was it was just the most exciting thing. And, to, and
1: it, let's give let's give real detail here because this might be helpful for people to know is. We said, "Come to our house for seven. There'll be food ready." So they came at seven, and we got straight into main course. By half past seven, then we read the passage. We said, "Right, we're going to start now, and we're just going to go for an hour. We're going to clock off at half eight, even if the going's good. We're going to stop at a half past eight. So at half seven, then we yeah we got handed out the paper, and then. We read it, and then we literally asked, basically, what do you think about this? Mm. And because the environment was quite good, boys started going with questions, and then we jumped in and and asked kind of probing questions as we went. And we really were trying to go with, what does this passage say? Mm. What do you think this passage means? And then apply it, what could this mass passage mean to you? Um, And we would get to half our state, wouldn't we, Mike? Um, And we would say that's it boys um and we would get the pudding out i think it was at that point and and normally it was an ice cream every week Um, but even then what we would sit around for half an hour and I guess in some ways that was deliberate as well. We just wanted to sit there and, and the conversation might go back to rugby or different things, but every so often as well, I remember on both occasions, um, at at half past eight on one day they asked me how I became a Christian and Mike, they asked you how you became a Christian. And there was opportunity to sort of share a little bit more personal story of our, of our faith in Jesus. Um, and then usually boys were out the door by about nine o'clock
2: and, yeah, and, and it, it just it helped build friendships in the club as well didn't it dave like that was yeah that was a side effect of it is it it really did help I, I felt for each of us to get to know each other better because it's quite a rare thing to just mm. sit down in a relaxed environment and have food and chat with boys from the club it, it doesn't need to be a rare thing but it, but it kind of was when uh, most of the socials were you know, after a game and, and there's a different sort of environment then. So that was a, something that actually they really appreciated as well as we did. So we're, as in we're nearly four years on now, Rugby World Cup
0: coming around again. Um, what, what, what's happened since? What are some of the encouragements and presume, some discouragements as well, maybe, yeah. uh, in the last four years? You, you guys have both moved on as well, which has obviously happened. You're at different clubs, different places. How how's it been left and what's continued at that club?
2: yeah I remember just after so sort of the gap between the last sort of Bible study and Christmas, um, hearing hearing stories of people who had put their trust in Jesus from a friend, and of course, I was always pleased by that, it was great rejoicing with them. But there was a pang of "Ah, oh, Come on, Lord, still, please be doing. Please do this work. And I think it might have even been the next day. We had a Christmas social at the rugby club and one of the boys came up to me and um, he said, uh, he said, oh, Mikey, uh, I did it. And I went, oh, what have you done? What have <laughs> you done? And he, he said, "Oh, um, you know, yesterday I prayed. I, I didn't pray for riches or anything, but I prayed that I'd be able to follow Jesus. Yeah. And it was just one of the best moments. Mm-hmm. And we just had to walk around the pitch together. And I then came into the clubhouse and one of the others came up to me and said, do you know what? I just can't get this stuff out of my head. Can we, can we meet for lunch? And so we started to see the, the boys responding to what, they, what they'd heard. And, and a number of them making professions of faith and saying, we, actually, we think this is true. and We want it to change our lives now. Um, and we, we saw that from a, from a handful of the boys, didn't we, Dave? And over the, of course we did another six weeks. So for, for some, that was at the end of the next six weeks in John that they, they said that, um, and that was so exciting.
1: It was. And as we've
2: tried to stress a few times, we,
1: we did not expect it in some Mm. regard. Of course we did because God is God and and he can do these amazing things, but you put so many of your own human conditions on this, no one will come, no one will be interested, no one would want to become a Christian. To actually see genuine initial steps of of real faith in Jesus was just such a joy and we were so thankful to God that he was kind and, and gracious to sort of allow us to see that within Within the club, but equally, it's worth saying. Of course, I think over the total of the the eleven weeks, we probably had um, about eleven or twelve different boys who had interacted with us. Some did not want to believe it. Um, Some weren't interested. Um, Most were respectful, which is lovely, and thanked us for it. But they didn't want to. And I think we asked the majority of them kind of individually at some stage, what are you thinking about this? Do you do you want to trust Jesus with your life? And some respectfully said, no, not for me. Not right now. Uh, It's not my thing. And and I think that's worth saying, because we see that that pattern in the book of Acts, don't we? Where the gospel is proclaimed and some, of course, uh, receive it and others reject it. And, And we saw that live in front of us as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and of course, four years on now, we we know the parable that Jesus taught, the mm-hmm. the parable of the sow or the parable of the soils. And we see that when um, the, the seed is sown, that some will um, will kind of spring some of the crops will spring up and and will continue and others will show it spring up initially and um those plants will 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 wither they'll be choked by the the thorns of the world we see all of that and we've seen all of that in action i think over the last four years um and that's that's for us that's to be expected of course that we've we've seen um we have seen people continuing in faith which is a great joy and of course, we've seen people who've found that harder to uh, to keep going, and for whatever reason, have said, "Do you know what? Actually, this isn't for me." And so, there's all those encouragements and discouragements. And I think under under all of it, the thing that's been most helpful for for Dave and I is to to just know that God's in control with all of those things. That actually, we we're, we're to praise Him for um, for the the good things that we've seen, um, and in the discouragements, we know we He's in control of that as well. We can take that to Him. Um, so I. I think that's been one of the biggest things that I, I've learned over this this whole this whole um, I suppose four year hit World Cup cycle, if you like, mm-hmm. um, is seeing God's work and knowing that we can trust Him in that.
0: Right, boys. As we as we wrap up, then, um, Dave, why didn't you just give us a minute? If you're if the Christian sports person listening in now, what would be what be your reflections? What would you be saying? These are the the key things. We learned the key things we saw God doing, which you'd want to pass on.
1: Well, I think for me personally, this experience has probably changed my complete outlook on how I go about trying to share the good news of Jesus with people. And it's underpinned with with two convictions, really. One is that there are people out there um, that are interested to find out about Christianity Hungry, maybe, so to speak, which I didn't think that. And you can't see that maybe on the surface, but there are people out there. And the other conviction is that God's word is powerful enough to help people discover him for themselves. And I really now believe that getting people uh, to have a Bible in their hand and and read it will be uh, an incredible experience which God can use. And with those two things, it has changed the way I go about trying to share the good news with people. And so if if there's a Christian listening in, um, I'd encourage you to have faith in the fact that God is working in people's lives, even if we don't know it. And maybe there are some people in your sports clubs who are interested, um, but also have faith that God's word is powerful and alive. And so go for it. Don't be shy. Give people the opportunity. Be brave, be transparent and clear what you're trying to do, and then be excited and get ready to see what God might do. And so, yeah, I wholly encourage everyone, if you are a Christian listening in, just to give people the opportunity and trust in who God is and the power of his word.
0: Great. Mike, um, somebody listening in now who, who's not yet a follower of Jesus, what would you be saying to them?
2: Well, I, I think one of the, the, the biggest takeaways for me was was seeing that the perception of who Jesus is that that the guys had from um from school, from family, from what they hear just on the news, was totally different to what they found when they looked at the person of Jesus in, um, in the Bible. And so I think I'd be saying to someone who, who's not a Christian yet to say, have you, have you checked out who he is in the words of the Bible? Have you, have you seen who Jesus is from that perspective? Because the, the guy said to us over and over again, this is just not what I thought it was it's so much more exciting so much better and so that would be one of the big things um i'd say and and to say that actually it's really quite simple um if you're not a christian and you know a christian you could why don't you ask them to say Come on, let's have a, a drink together and can we look at and um, what the bible says about jesus and it will be totally life transforming which we've, we've seen that in action um and if you don't well Try and find a Christian if you can um but but grab hold of one of the accounts of Jesus' life and read it for yourself and pray that God would help you see who he is and we've seen that that's something that God really does when people get the Bible open.
0: Boys, thanks so much for, for sharing your story. Uh, it's really encouraging to hear what God did, what God continues to do um as people step out in faith and, and say, "Hey, do you just want to look at?" God's work with us, you'll look at the Bible with us. So, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, that's been a, been a challenge or an encouragement for you if you're listening in. If you're maybe a, a Christian sports person listening in, who could you be inviting to read the Bible with you? Um, are there others you can do that with? Um, what would it look like for you this season to be bold at asking people just to consider who Jesus is together? There's resources, blogs, on our websites. Uh, to maybe help you think that through, help you think through how could you actually do it. Hopefully some of the practical tips the guys have shared have been really helpful as well. And if if you're listening and it's so great to have you, if you don't yet believe in Jesus, you don't yet follow Jesus, you wouldn't say that's you, can I encourage you, why don't you grab a gospel, grab a, one of the biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, read one. Um, you can find it online, just type in book of Matthew, book of Mark, whatever it might be, uh, or get in touch with us. Feel free, email podcast.christiansinsportdog.com. We'll send you one in the post for free might even chuck a free sticker or something in there just to just to sweeten the deal but we'd love you just to read the bible um hear what Jesus has to say um thanks again so much for listening to the podcast hopefully each week something slightly different as we consider um what it looks like to be a, a Christian and a sports person how sport and faith can go together can they uh please do uh keep sharing the podcast with your friends pass it on if they might find it interesting uh do leave us a review as well on iTunes uh, it really helps other people find it and Uh, One thing we always say is uh, we'd love to hear from you about topics, uh, questions you'd love us to talk about in the podcast. So do get in touch again on that email address, podcast at christiansport.org.uk. Ping us a message on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can use the hashtag AskCIS as well if you'd like. Uh, We'd love to keep uh, producing podcasts which are really useful and helpful for you. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. It's been great to have you with us. Uh, We'll see you in a few weeks.